are listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, a podcast recorded in Palestine and about Palestine. My name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands and I am married to a Palestinian. We live in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem and we run Singer Cafe and Al Chisar Bar in Beit Sahur. Before moving to Palestine in 2013, I worked as a teacher and tour guide in the Netherlands. I have a degree in history and in tour guiding and many years of tour guiding experience. Due to the COVID pandemic, tourism in Palestine came to a complete halt and that's why I started Stories from Palestine podcast in August 2020. This is the second year of the podcast with every week on Monday a new episode about the history and heritage of Palestine as well as the reality of life today. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hi everyone and thank you for tuning in. This is the second episode in a series about Palestinian artisans and the handicrafts they produce and that are sold through Handmade Palestine. Last week's episode was about Handmade Palestine and if you haven't heard it yet, I recommend that you first listen to that one before you continue with this episode. So on Saturday 23rd of October, Handmade Palestine launched their crowdfunding campaign and the online bazaar. You can now go to their website and shop online. Don't wait, it will take time for your order to arrive. So if you want to be sure you have your Christmas presents on time, don't postpone it. To support their crowdfunding campaign and to get more people to visit the online bazaar, Stories from Palestine will have a series in the coming weeks of episodes that highlight some of the artisans and their work. In this week's episode, you can hear two interviews I did on two locations in Bethlehem. I spoke to the makers of the beautiful silver olive leaf pendants, rings and earrings that Nadra Alaraj and Taufik and Samer Katan, father and son, famous silversmith in Bethlehem, make. But first, you can listen to our visit to Ma'an Lil Hayat, which means Together for Life. It is the first and only community project in Palestine that brings together people with and without intellectual disabilities to work together and share a daily life together. They are famous for their felted wool ornaments and they use the wool of Bethlehem sheep to make nativity scenes and other unique gift items. It was a very special and beautiful Visit. We are here in the office at Mayan Al Hayat organization and we are sitting with Mahira Nassar Gharib, the community leader. And before we are visiting the center, can you explain us a little bit about who you are and what you do here? We are Ma'an Lil Hayat organization that was founded in 2009 in Bethlehem. And we are a project to work together with people with and without intellectual disabilities. We are a daily program where people come every day except Saturdays and Sundays. We have several activities. 
Some of the activities we do felt from the sheep wool. We make nice products. We sell our pro- production here locally for people who visit us, for tourists mainly who visit us. And also we ship abroad our uh, items. Also, uh, we have several other activities like we go for picnics, we celebrate birthdays. We always look for occasions to do a celebration out of it. While they are here and while doing the felt items, the assistants try to share with the core members the daily basic skills because uh, most of them, they need to learn several uh, skills like uh, using the toilet, uh, how to to have a shower, how to help with the households. They share and participate in preparing the meals, washing the dishes afterwards, tidying the place. So all this, we try to do it all together. Even when they go back home, they help their mothers and uh, they... Um, they are able to do several kind of things with the families also. Most of them, when they started to come here and the, the mother or the father, when they came to apply for them, most of the families start their conversation saying that, oh, my son or my daughter, they know nothing. They cannot do anything. So slowly, slowly, they discover that they're disabled child or uh, adult is able to do a lot of things. Even our uh, felt production, it's true that it helps us to keep going on when we sell the items, but also it's to let the core members feel very proud of themselves and the families too. So when they see that we have an order and the people are uh, willing to pay for this order, so they really feel very proud. And they get this feeling where they have never lived it before. Always they feel, oh, I cannot do anything. I am helpless. I, But uh, slowly, slowly, um, they know that they are able <laughs> Wow, that's so precious and so important. And so in order to sustain the work, you sell products. And uh, can you explain what these products look like? What type of products are they? They are made of felt, but what sort of products are they? When we started in the beginning, in 2009, we wanted to do something unique, something that is not done in Palestine. So uh, we had the idea of doing felt. Until now, we are the first and only wool felting project in Palestine. And uh, as we are located in Bethlehem, just near the Nativity Church, we thought about doing the nativity or the... Um, Yeah, the nativity scene in order also to sell it. We don't want to produce items that people doesn't have a meaning or people doesn't like it. So we started with Christmas ornaments and the nativity scene. But uh, slowly, slowly, we added uh, more things like wall hangings, camels, sheep, so that we try to... Um, Let all people buy our items, not just Christians or people who like the nativities. Or, uh, 
Yeah, a bit more diverse products. And also, I saw that you started producing shoes, or at least for the home, like pantoffel. We, I think we call them in Dutch. I don't know if that's English. Pantoffel. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, yes. Also, because always, since the beginning, uh, always we try to to find new items. Because um, we consider that people who bought our nativities, now they want to buy other things. And also we try to find things that uh, is useful to be used, not just decorations. And uh, to, so lately, two years ago, we found uh, the uh, house shoes. They are comfortable and they are warm and people can enjoy wearing them. And also we added to the wool uh, the leather from Hebron. We try always to add and um, develop our items. <laughs> you said that people used to come here, foreigners, tourists, they used to come here to buy products and you ship. But because of the COVID pandemic, there haven't been any tourists for at least the last year and a half. So how are you managing Well, uh, it's really uh, difficult, especially that since the beginning, half of our expenses was covered through our sales. So it's um, a big percentage. And now when the sales went really down, it is not easy. We are always looking for donors to help us, but also not easy because the pandemic, uh, it affects the whole world not just here. So to find donors is not easy. To encourage people to purchase our items and ship abroad is not easy. The shipping costs also is becoming higher and higher lately. But it's good that we are still open. After one year and a half and we are still open, we are working, we are welcoming uh, new people even. So, inshallah, we'll keep on. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this podcast and you think, oh, I would like to order something, I'll post a direct link in the show notes of the website. And then you can order. You can order also for your church, your community, do a nice sales, Christmas sales. So, go directly to the links in the show notes and click on it and make your order. Thank you so much for this interview. You're more than welcome. <laughs> Shukran. We are here in the workshop and we see one, two, three, four, five, six people are working. And what are they doing? So today we are working with the small nativities and large ones. We bring the wool from the villages around Bethlehem. We clean it very well and then we card it. Carding mean make it easier to uh, to work with. And then the assistant start the first step by doing the wool on a sheet. And then the core members work on it very hard with the olive oil soap and hot water until the wool is very hard and then we open it again and we do it like a ball and we work on it again and then we give it the right shape especially for the base we call it the base and then we put it under the sun 
And then we finish it. We put Virgin Mary and St. Joseph with baby Jesus and sheep, and we sell it, hopefully. (laughs) So the process that they are doing now, is this the felting process to make it felt? Yeah, this is it. This is it. I can see that they are working with soap. The wool is in a ball shape and they are just rubbing it and rubbing it so that it gets into the right shape and everybody is very focused and concentrated. It's a nice process. Yeah. (laughs) We're celebrating her birthday today. Yes, yes. (laughs) Eat me, lad. Eat me, lad. Eat me, lad. Dash Omar, huh? Tarafi? 22. 22. That's a great age. Nain, it nain. Yeah. Marhaba. Hello. Hello. How are you? Kifhalik. Anna Masuda. Ah. It's a wee. Magayer. Sugood. Haroos. Tabat. Wow. Sugood. All of our work is handmade. Oh, by the most nicer people. Have you been doing this for a long time? Since the first day of Ma'an Lil Hayat. Me, I am in Ma'an Lil Hayat since the first day, 2009. And how did you get involved in it? You know, we were all together in Oasis uh, workshop, but uh, by soul of Larsh, and we hear about Larsh more and more, and we ask for them for a center, us here. And, uh, you know, it was uh, exciting uh, idea to work with recycle natural wool. And the wool is from Bethlehem. Since a long time, the farmers, they throw it. Ah, خلاص, they don't use it after the acryline and so and so. They uh, burn it also. <laughs> but uh, it was exciting, like I tell you, idea that we will have the wool from Bethlehem. We are all from Bethlehem area. Al-Khadr, Dar Salah, Bethlehem. It's the same area. We are here. And what do you think this means for the youth here who are working on it? How do you see them? Did it change their life or? Ask them. Yeah, yeah you can ask and I will translate oh. for you. Yeah. Yalla. Yalla, marhaba. Shu ismak? Ma'al. O kif inti bit shuf al-shughul? Inti bit habti jihan? Ah. أنت بتيجي كل يوم؟ يعني أنا بكرة يعني بعد بكرة بالجاي. After tomorrow he's not coming. It's Saturday. He's very much on top of his schedule. Yeah, but he looks. He enjoys the the work. Yeah. Oh, أنت أنت من وين? Where are you from? في الدوحة. Ah, أنت من الدوحة. From Doha. And شو اسمك? What's your name? Hadil. Hadil and Hatil, inti bit happy is shughulhan. Do you like the work here? Ah, bahabi shughul, bahabi sahun, kharfan. And and you like your friends here that you see here every day? Inti bit happy il shabik. Ah, bahabi sahabi, bahabi khurut, wrania, mahira. She loves everybody here. Yay! We're having a good time. 
رحلات Oh, you also do tours and trips. Oh, I have to ask about that. So where do you take them if you take them places? Every year before the corona, we used to take them to Tiberia, for example, for five days, all together, all the community together. And we stay there uh, for five days. We we do many activities. What do we do? A barbecue? We really enjoyed our time there. And we go swimming. swimming. Uh, we go to Muntaja uh, Murad, Murad's uh, resort, and uh, to Nablus. And now we are uh, thinking of going to Nablus again, to Jericho we go. We also, we used to go, or we have another uh, activity. Uh, we used to go to the governmental hospital in Al Hussein. And uh, we used to take a sandwich with bottle of water and vegetable or fruit. And we go to the patient that take the chemotherapy and we give them these, uh, these snacks because we noticed that a lot of uh, people there, especially who, who, no one was with them, they don't drink or having any food. So we started this project four years ago, but because of the corona, we stopped it, unfortunately. And we started it because one of our core members had breast cancer, and we used to go with her, accompany her with the chemotherapy. So she started it, and uh, she started giving money to us in order to buy this food for uh, the patient. Because when she used to go there, we went with her or her mother, but the others, no. So we did this thing. It was like spreading our mission and helping the society. But the corona stopped everything. It's a, a pity, yes. Ah, you're making the nativity cave. Yeah, Mughara in Arabic. We put the wool around the, the sheet here, and then uh, this is the first step. They work it. After I open it and put the bubbles inside to give it the sheet of cave. And then also we work it. We work it a lot because this step it must after it it be it must be very strong, like this if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then we get out the bubbles after we get out the bubbles and give it. Yeah, now it became, the, the felt became in the shape of a cave. And it's probably important to tell the listeners who think that Jesus was born in a wooden shelter. It's not true. In Bethlehem, we, you know that Jesus was born in a rock cave, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of Europeans and Americans have this idea that is maybe because in Europe you would have a wooden shelter outside. So they think Jesus was born in a stable. But here, you know, that in that time when Joseph and Mary came to Bethlehem and they were looking for a place to stay, that they found a place to stay in the cave. Yeah, so you're making the nativity set as the original cave of Bethlehem. How did you learn this process? How, who taught you this? How did you figure out how to make this? 
it was when we start uh, before 2009 it was here with us a volunteer from France and he told us about the felt in Europe we wasn't know about it anything no 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 we wasn't know and then we said how we can do it yani we don't know he asked from friend for him a teacher a felt teacher and she's uh, already said yeah of course i will come she come for us for one month and she learn us the basic of the felt and after we discover many things uh, something else yani so and so if you tell us that you need something we we will try to discover a way to you to do it wow. like example the first step Here, Maha is perfect in it. The second step, Rima is uh, perfect in it. The last step, uh, Hadil and Muad is perfect in this. The shit, all of us will get. First, we pre- uh, the assistant prepare everything, yeah. but uh, we are all work. Yeah. It must be with all our hands. We give them breakfast here and we used to stay till five so we used to give them breakfast and lunch but after the corona and with the corona we close the center at 1.30. مرحبا كيف حالكم شو بتساووا استراحه you have a break you're hard working eh? during the day i see about 12 people sitting outside having a breakfast and a cup of tea and they're just taking a break in between the hard work يعطيكم العافيه we used to do everything by our own hands So it was all on the assistant and the decor members didn't work a lot. But later we discovered that we can have molds for each one of our items or almost every item. So it started with the assistant. She brings the wool and she puts it in the mold and then she gives it to the core members to work with it. So like this, uh, the core members, they share all together the same work, the same activity. So as you see here, we use olive oil soap and uh, hot water in order to make the wool strong in the mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see a mold here. It's made of hard plastic. plastic. In it, there is the shapes of the doves. In the shape of the doves, there is the felt. And now somebody here started working on it to rub it on a rubber sheet that is now covered with olive oil soap and she keeps moving it around and moving it around so that the felt will get harder and sturdier and so that the dove will stay in its shape. Am I explaining that right? Yes, right. <laughs> yes, yes, right. Yasmin, how long... time do you have to do this? Kadesh waqit inti lazim it sawi hig? Waqit tawil. Yeah. 
عشان الحمام يزبط ويطلع جاهز ونحط في السلة. Do you have an estimation on how much time? يعني عشرة دقائق عشرين دقيقة. كل واحد حسب قدرته. كل شاب فيه يعني ياسمين من الصبايا الحلوات بتجمد بسرعة بس في غيرها بأخذ مرات طول النهار معه. So it depends also on how fast of workers they are and their ability. Some of them they may spend all day just with one mold. And uh, Yasmin is really shatra. She's very smart and she can do very fast. No? Yasmin, yeah. Yasmin, <laughs> She practices with the Masrah Inad, Inad Theater, Khaled Al Maso, and they went uh, Yasmin and another five with two assistants, and they uh, had to perform in Germany in four cities in Germany, and also here in Ramallah uh, two months ago they did it also in uh, Ramallah. Yes, yes. صارتي مشهورة أنتي. آه صرت مشهورة كتير 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 كتير. حبيبتي. يعطيك العافية. شكرا شكرا. This is how we bring the wool. This is after a long process of cleaning, of course. We have a rented apartment in Beit Sahur. We bring the wool from the villages to this apartment. We clean it very well. We put it in the refrigerator for two weeks. And then we bring it here to be carded in this big carding machine. It's very important to have a clean wool here in our center because we have the moth, if you have ever heard about it. Five years ago, we had moth everywhere, so we had to get rid of a lot of items. So it was just a mess. So now we have a long process until we bring it here to our center. Whenever everything is ready from there, we bring it here to be finished. So now like the doves, here we put the thread and we put the eye and also the... What, what do they... Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the beak of the dove. And we pack it. It's very cute. It's a nice little dove, and I think it's a very good hanger for your Christmas tree. It's different from the traditional olive wood decorations that you usually see from Bethlehem, so it's very special. This year, it was very hard for us to sell our things. So until now, we are in September, and uh, it's a pity that we do not have any order. We have a lot of stock, but uh, no orders. Last year and the years before, we used to have many orders in this time. And we really need the help of uh, anyone, <laughs> because uh, we have two centers one here and another one in Dar Salah, and we have almost 40 core members. So if we, la uh, samahallah, we close, the, it will be really a very huge problem for the families uh, of the core members, for us, and for even the core members themselves, because they used to come here every day. They love to be here, because this is the only place that they feel that they are wanted.
It's not like be, like to be with their families 24 hours and every day to be with them. They feel here uh, very different. They are appreciated and they have something to do. So you feel they, they build up a little bit of independence. Yeah. So if you are listening to this podcast and you want to see what they are making, I'll add a link in the show notes of the podcast and you can go to their website and you can order and you can order for yourself, but you can also order for your whole church and make a nice sales at the church Christmas sale and help the center to continue doing the great work that they are doing. On the other side of the manger square, the central square in Bethlehem, named after the manger in which Mary lay baby Jesus, right outside of the Church of Nativity, on the other end of the old city of Bethlehem is the shop of the Catan silversmith family. And that's where I met Nadira, Taufik and Samer to talk about the silver olive leaf jewelry that they produce and that Handmade Palestine sells in their collection. I'm sitting here in the workshop of Samer Katan and his dad. <laughs> yeah, actually his dad's. And we are sitting here also with Nadra. And we're going to speak a little bit about their artisan work. I have bought your work about 10 years ago. The beautiful silver olive leaves that I had as earrings. I had them as a ring around my finger and I had them around my neck. And I actually made sure that many people in Holland could also buy these beautiful jewelries. So because of Handmade Palestine and their crowdfunding activities this month, we're talking to different artisans. And I want to start with you, Nadra. Can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us how did you come to make these beautiful olive jewelry motives? Thank you, Chris. It's uh, good to know that you have my product and wearing them. And I hope that you feel the peace next to your heart. That's my first motto when I produce this item, because it's really because the symbol of leaves, uh, when it came to the biblical issue with uh, Noah and his uh, pigeon and carrying the leaf, which says that the land is ready for uh, hosting back the, the float and coming back with the animals. So everybody was happy that the water dried back to the land. That's why also the symbol of the olive leaves, it's connected with the land as well. So I learned the techniques through the Anadwa, where I learned how to cast with a group of ladies. And they used to produce only one single pendant one from one leaf. So, but uh, to me, I was, uh, this is a kind of, uh, once we cast this olive, converting the fresh olive to the silver olive, and it is unique. And that's why I called it peace next to your heart, because it's uh, the symbol of leaf. This leaf, it's silver leaf. You can bend it. You can work on it. So that gave me an ideas and uh, to, to be creative in handling them. So I created uh, several designs and really loved even producing myself. But when there was a demand, and then that was in year 2005 when I started, then I was also engaged as a lecturer 
This is another thing. So I didn't have a full-time job. So I referred to somebody for help. So I came back to Katan's, to Tawfiq Katan. And he also gave me a lot of techniques and the way of bending the wires, silver wires, especially with the traditional way. So these add another dimension of how to design the olive leaves in combination with the traditional sheens. So it, it came so beautiful. In fact, later I have a conference in the United States. So I uh, managed with the Jerusalem Foundation to exhibit my work. So I, I designed collective items with a different styles and uh, and it was usually with these collective expensive items, it takes time to produce, it's expensive, but at least I have the memory from them. Uh, people bought them only because they're kind of a little bit larger price, but I found people now with the economic things dwindle down and the demand of this type of jewelry, custom make jewelry is not anymore. So they want simple affordable and that's what we are directed our work and thanks to to handmade on palestine to connect with them and uh, encouraging me to continue with my work yeah. and selling it so basically because you started to have so many orders you had to find somebody else to help you to produce larger quantities and that's how you came here to the katans yes sometimes the orders are high not too high, but uh, because my time constraint, because I'm doing a full-time job. And my hobbies, my artwork is on the side. But later, when I quit my work, it's like my main income now. So that we need to be serious about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you remember that moment when she came here and she showed her work and she said, I need somebody else yeah. to learn that? That's your dad probably who was involved in that. He's busy with some customers, which is good to have some customers. Maybe, Samer, we can start with you. So do you remember that moment? Well, first of all, I don't remember the first time they started together because I wasn't here working with them. Nadra and my father, they started doing this work and I came along afterwards. Well, at first I started learning from my father because I wasn't that much interested in this work. So when I started to come here to the shop and started to see the work and he started to teach me how to do this and that, like after a while, well, he was my teacher. After a while, so I met Nadra and they were working together and stuff, starting, you know, Step by step working with them. With time, I learned more. I learned more techniques. And, you know, my father is next to me always, so he teaches me everything. So, yeah, we started doing that step by step. And we trying to expand our work more and more with time, you know, because this work, it's all handmade. It takes a long time to preparation from the olive leaves, from the wires, the silver, the casting. You know, because we do all by hand. Every simple thing in the work of the olive leaves is by hand. So we started doing the work. I was happy. I learned something and I found out that I love it very much. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was great. Like I try, you know, to, to learn more, to find new designs to do. I'm inspired with this work. Yeah. So that's what I think it makes me successful here now. Yeah. I think that many people think that there is an actual olive leaf that is in the silver. 
Is that true or how does it work? How do you make the leaves? Well, the actual leaf, it burns, but the silver takes the shape of the leaf because we do like a mold from each leaf and the silver, when it comes with the fire, the leaf burns, but the silver takes the shape of each individual leaf. If you see the jewelry, you will see each one is different than the other one. It depends on the size. Even if there's a weak leaf, it's broken. It, it comes up broken on the silver leaf. So, yeah, this is how it goes. So, Nadra, when you came up with this idea in the beginning, you just went to olive trees and you picked olive leaves and molded them in silver? Yeah, in fact, to be directly, there's other people working. It's not my creation because we have a workshop at uh, at Nadwa and they have an expert coming from Belgium and he taught us the casting of different type of leaves. But the blessing of the olive leaves that works with this technique, why? Because it has the thickness. It's thickness, it has the oil which kind of makes it have this shape ready to be casted in, replacing when, once it's burned. So this kind of enough way to pour the melted silver in it. It is nice because we tried the same technique. I tried with different type of trees. It doesn't work. Even the batch when I tried to do the casting of this silver, it takes maybe three days the process between putting it in the oven and uh, then picking the right olives. And in fact, it's not all the season sometimes because the weather and if it's so soft, it doesn't have the right oil or the right leaves, the formation, it it doesn't work. So sometimes we have some of the challenges we have, the success rate of converting the fresh olive leaves into silver, it takes like the success rate will be around 60%. Imagine all this effort and three days of, uh, and sometimes the whole casting, it just doesn't work. It's just uh, different challenges through the process. But that's this effort when, when I see my work like you uh, wearing, it's just, it, it gives me pleasure. Yeah. yeah seeing that's uh, any other. And also a lot of Palestinian, they do uh, purchase this. You know, the olive leaf, it means that it used to be the source of income to the, the farmers. And it resists over all of the years, a lot of the years, more than 2,000 years, uh, the olive leaves. And it's been feeding families before the settlement starts spreading into the land of Palestine and taking over and the hardship of life. So it's still, you could see trees in the landscape of Palestine giving this, that we are here. Yeah. We are here to stay. And, uh, and that's why people... When they buy the pendant or the earrings, it means a lot for them that this is, it's our belonging and we want to stand still in this land. The Palestinians are rooted in the land just as the olive trees are rooted in the land. It's very symbolic. So you have Palestinians who are coming to your store here in Bethlehem asking about these pendants? Sometimes people hear about the jewelry because, you know, we put our product in few places to sell them. So people hear about it and they uh, love the idea because, you know, it's very symbolic and people, you know, get attached to it. So they want to come to the shop and to see the work, how we do it. And is it an actual leaf in silver? Because, you know, people, they get a bit excited. They, they like a silver olive leaf. How come is that uh, possible? 
So yeah, they come here and they uh, buy our uh, jewelry from here. They love it because it's a nice idea with a good symbol, you know, for Palestinians. This is maybe a silly question because I have no idea about it, but the price of silver, does that change? Is that a flexible price or is that always the same? Well, the price of silver, no, it changes. Now, especially after Corona times, the price of the silver went up like a lot. We're trying our best, you know, to keep our prices the same price. We make now, you know, lower profit in order to keep people buying our jewelry. Because, you know, if we put higher prices, people, you know, not everyone can buy it and can afford it. So we try to keep our balance low. Less profit, it doesn't matter. As long as we, people are interested, they want to buy more from it. So they keep supporting us. We like to ha make people, especially if tourists come, They like the olive leaf because it's symbolic. It has a story to tell when they go back to their country. Something to remember about Palestine, about the history. So we want them to have the jewelry. It doesn't matter if you make a little bit lower profit as much as they buy from us. Yeah. For you, it's not only about making the jewelry. It's also about sending out a message. And we are here in a beautiful small workshop in one of the oldest streets of Bethlehem. And the father of Samer just came back from, <laughs> he had some customers, which is good. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your family business? Because I think it's interesting for people to know how long ago did you start doing this work? And was that something that you chose to do? Or is that something that was already in the family? It's actually something in the family first, but... I was interested in this work and I started doing it. So everybody, even my wife, even my son, everybody loved the work and tried to be mixed in this work. So actually it's a beautiful work. It's a handmade. It's everything. Every bit of it is made by hand. Even the small circles that join the olive leaf are made by hand. Even everything. And we started with the olive leaf because, first of all, the olive leaves are the symbol of peace. So we were interested in that. And there is a big example here in, in the old city that when Jesus went into Jerusalem, he had the olive leaves in his hands. So this was a traditional, was something even interesting, was something even holy. It has a big meaning. And we try to make the olive leaf itself. So we put it in a mold. When fire comes with the silver, it burns down, but the ashes stay in the same leaf. So it's in there. So this is interesting for everybody to know how it is and how it was made and what the meaning of that. Yeah. When you're sitting and doing your work on silver, for me, it would seem that it's almost um, a spiritual work. It's something like a meditation. Yes, because when you are working it, your mind is all in it. So it's somehow like a meditation, yes. And it's interesting because you don't feel the time while you are working it, while you are doing that. So you feel, oh, my time is over. Oh, it's, it's, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. Now that the last two years we've had the corona pandemic and it affected a lot the tourism industry in Bethlehem. How did that affect also your work? In fact, we also directly hit with the orders and the demand on our work. In fact, we kind of 
reduced the casting and we stopped doing the, the same casting and the same number of leaves as we used to do because we don't have a demand. One of the kind of steady who always kept supporting us, even with their difficulties, handmade Palestine, they just kind of kept pushing us, do it, do it. And really, I appreciate that, that they continued our support. And in fact, that's happy that next week we will hope to have another casting of the olive leaf and new production. I think that a lot of people would now be interested to see what you are talking about. So go to the website of Handmade Palestine, find the shop there, the online shop, see what they produce and order it now. Because if you order now, you can still have them under the Christmas tree as a Christmas gift for one of your family members. And I think this is one of the most precious gifts that you can give to somebody. Thank you very much. I repeat again and again and again, visit the Handmade Palestine website, follow them on social media and watch their amazing videos that Majdi made to introduce the artisans to us. Do not postpone your order. And please, if you look at the prices and you think that they are on the high end, do remember that it is fair trade fair prices for all the work and the materials, and that life in Palestine is not as cheap as some people may think. Salaries are low here, but prices are very high. They are similar to prices in Europe. So people have high costs of life. And of course, shipping is another aspect that adds to the price. So hopefully you will go on the website and order your Christmas gifts there. And hopefully you can soon come and visit Palestine and do your shopping here. Because there is some news about traveling to Palestine, which is always, unfortunately, through the Israeli borders, because Israel is the one that decides who comes in and out. As of the 1st of November, individual tourists will be allowed to enter Israel, but there are several conditions. And I will post a link in the show notes for you to read through the whole document. But for sure, you must be fully vaccinated, which according to Israel means that you had two vaccinations in the last six months or the third booster shot. And depending on the type of vaccine that you received, you may need to have the second one only a few weeks before your travels. If you recovered from COVID and you have received at least one dose of a vaccine and you can show the proof of COVID recovery, then you can also enter. But again, there are some conditions about the timing of the results. So read the document. As for now, most European countries are on the list of allowed to enter and a special agreement will be signed with specific states in the United States. For example, I read New York, California and New Jersey. Check the website touristisrael.com for the most recent updates and for all the conditions. And dear listeners, if you are considering to travel to Palestine and maybe spend Christmas in Bethlehem, do not hesitate to contact me to help you create a program. This is what we have been waiting for. Finally, to work again, to organize tours and trips and to do some tour guiding. So please reach out once you decided to come. 
That's it for now. I'm going to spend a few days with my family in the occupied Syrian Golan Heights to explore more and to enjoy the nature at Lake Ram in Majd al-Shams. But definitely there will be another episode in the series on local artisans next week. So stay tuned and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to Stories from Palestine. If you enjoy the podcast, then here are several things you can do to support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. Share some of the social media posts on Instagram or Facebook. Start following the YouTube channel. You can also hear the podcast audio there. And soon I will start uploading videos. Sign up for the email list so that you get a reminder with a clickable link to the new podcast episode. And in the future, you will be updated about programs and trips that I will start to organize. And of course, you can donate to help me pay for hosting the podcast and the website and all the related recording costs. It's the only source of income I have at the moment, so you can imagine how much I appreciate every cup of coffee or falafel sandwich that you buy me on the coffee platform. All the links that you need can be found in the show notes and on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. That's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>